Whether the action is at the link or the bank, there's never an off day on Broad Street. It's the biggest news of the day, every day, with takes from someone who's never short on them. It's WIP Daily with Joe Giglio. Welcome on in. WIP Daily. Joe Giglio with you right here on a Tuesday, May 16th to react to the future of the Philadelphia 76ers. I appreciate everyone listening and who has listened every one of these uh, podcasts I've been doing the past couple of months. I love doing WIP Daily and uh, subscribe, follow wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and of course, the video podcast I do with Tucker every once in a while on our 94 WIP YouTube page. But today I want to lo- look forward with the Sixers. You know, we know that the Sixers have a lot of big decisions to make this offseason. Doc Rivers, maybe he's gone by the time you listen to this. James Harden, maybe he's on his way back to Houston. Um, And obviously trying to figure out the best way to move this thing forward. But, you know, the game on Sunday happened to be on the 10-year anniversary of the day Sam Hinkie was hired. And depending on if you were a Hinkie guy, a process guy, or you were not, I think we can agree on this, this premise for any team, any sport, but certainly the NBA. The objective should be to win championships. It should not be to... Be decent, be competitive, be relevant, hang out in the second round. The ironic part of the of the process is they tried to avoid that. They made a lot of mistakes, maybe have the wrong star player, and boom, they become what they wanted to avoid, which was second round and out. So as I look at the Sixers right now, at, at a very significant crossroads of, of their history, they have to make a decision. Continue down this path or blow it up. And I'll use a phrase or a line that a WIP midday show caller used on Monday, which was 10-9-8 detonate. I'm ready to blow the Sixers up. And I mean blow them up to to smithereens. The only player on this team that I am fully invested in keeping for the long term is Tyrese Maxey. That's it. I want Tyrese Maxey here. And that's the only player that I need on this basketball team next year. Everybody else, I will either let walk away or I will move on from for the best possible package to make the basketball team better now and into the future. That's it. Now, let me give you some reasons why I think this is the right time to do it. And and obviously, the backdrop of this is is a trade of Joel Embiid. I mean, that that's that's the biggest you know domino that would fall here if this would happen. Let me kind of go through some of the reasons why I think this is the right time to do this. So, Joel Embiid has hit his peak, and it's not good enough to win a championship as a lead player. That that's that's what is clear to me. Yesterday, I put a list out of fourteen players in a big game. You know, with the objective of winning a championship, I'd rather have on my side right now. He's not one of those guys. His performance in the postseason are abysmal. He is a markedly worse player in the postseason than regular season. I, I will compare Joel Embiid to this. He's a running back. He's a, he's a running back in the modern NFL. He's a Derrick Henry. He's an Adrian Peterson uh, who when, when he won an MVP back in 2012. Cool. It doesn't mean anything when the postseason starts. The game is up and down the court. The game is shooting. The game is is quickness. The game is not a lumbering center. There's two other big men in the NBA that have competed at this level in the last decade or so, and that's Giannis, who is a certainly a quicker and better athlete, and it's Nikola Jokic, who is a better, more efficient, all-around offensive player, and he runs the floor, and he lead, takes the ball up. Joel doesn't do any of those things. His place is like a star running back in the NFL. If you don't believe me now, get back to this conversation in a couple of years, because that's, that's, that's what he is. That's what I believe he is. So... I've accepted the reality of Joel Embiid, and I'm willing to trade him at his peak, regular season peak, MVP, to get the most. He will the value for Joel will never be higher than it is now. You know we're we're in, in this cocoon of anger in Philadelphia, but big picture on the NBA, GMs will say that guy won an MVP. You know Rudy Gobert went for five number one picks. Joel Embiid's obviously a better player than Rudy Gobert, so. 
there is a chance to rebuild the organization, restart the process, if you will, by using the process to do it. So that's number one. And two, I mean, really, it's the fact that it's his peak value. He'll only get older and maybe more banged up and probably not as good. All those things will, will kind of play in here. You know, we've seen teams, you know, you go back to old Akeem Olajuwon, old Patrick Ewing. Sometimes teams hold on to the, the, the franchise guy for too long. And then when it's time to trade them, you get pennies on the dollar. We saw it with the, with the Phillies for a lot of years, with June Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley. You know, the Cole Hamels deal probably was the right time. They just didn't get the right package back. But the Sixers play this out for two more years and Joel's in his 30s and maybe he gets a little more banged up and there's still no playoff success and he's no longer the MVP but just a top you know, 15 or 20 player, they're not getting much back. Now you get a lot back. Now is the time to do it. It's his peak value right now. This is the time for the Sixers to move on. If they could get a treasure trove of assets, young players, draft picks moving forward. I think of a team like the Thunder if they want to take that next step. I mean, they have so much to offer. A team like Utah has so much to offer. I mean, I don't know what, what teams are going to be interested in this. I'm sure almost a lot. But I would look towards that because that feels like the best way to rebuild the Sixers in the right way. Okay? And now as far as the rest of the team and, and how it all kind of goes together. You know, James Harden feels like the linchpin to me to all this. The James Harden decision this offseason by Daryl Morey. And unfortunately, deep down, I feel like Daryl Morey is just going to do what he always does, which is, other than when his original trade for James Harden, he's had very few creative ideas. I mean, he re- especially as a Sixer. I mean, Sixers GM, Sixers team president. I mean, he's been, I think, completely underwhelming. He, he just has hitched his wagon to James Harden and just, that's what he does. I mean, that's all he does here. His trade deadline acquisitions have been uh, poor. I mean, I go back to George Hill or I go to Jaden McDaniels. I mean, these guys have provided nothing to help the basketball team. But if Morris is is going to call the shots here, Hart is probably back. He shouldn't be. I would let him walk. He's going to opt out of his contract. I would let James Harden walk. And I feel like it is the linchpin because if Harden leaves, just you know, if he just walks away, there's very little mechanism the Sixers have to replace him. Not that I'm dying for Harden back, but there's just very little to replace him based on the cap room they'll have available. So Harden feels like the linchpin here. If they keep him, obviously they're going to keep MB too, and they're going to try to run this back, tweak it, change the coach, and go win next year. I don't think it's going to work. But if Harden leaves, the team is worse for next year, better off long-term, but that kind of feeds back to the Joel Embiid thing. Like now, it, It's all got to line up. If Harden's back and they're getting him a long-term deal, obviously they're not going to trade Joel Embiid. If Harden leaves, this is the time to trade Joel Embiid. This is the time to kind of blow this thing up all at once. Take the medicine now. It'll be a tough year next year, but maybe quickly it could turn around. I mean, and especially with the play-in in the NBA, you know, if the Sixers let their two best players go and made good choices this offseason, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility they are a contender to make the postseason next year. Now, they won't be a title contender, but it's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So I'm letting Harden go. He's only going to get slower, only going to get older. Um, and look, the no-shows in the fourth quarter of game five, six, and seven are unbelievable. Um, and I, I shouldn't say five. Game six and seven. Obviously, game five, they, they won and, and were very impressive. But game six and seven, unbelievable no-shows late in the game. Game seven, a complete no-show the entire time. It was the it was the true James Harden experience, which he ropes you in, and then you realize, now nah, this guy ain't it. So James Harden, out. Um, another reason why I believe now is the right time for the Sixers to detonate this thing, to blow it up, and to restart the process in a, in a meaningful way is, you know, Tyrese Maxey's an interesting player. I I think some people sometimes mishear or, or mistake what anyone 
you know, behind a microphone says or or reads on social media or whatever. Um, in late February, I said that I think we have overrated Tyrese Maxey. And I meant we as a fan base, not him. He's a very promising young player. I like Tyrese Maxey. But last summer, it was like he was untouchable. No one wanted to trade him for Kevin Durant. And then all of a sudden, we're putting him in the upper echelon of players. He's not there yet. But he can get there. He's 22 years old. And he had some moments of growth, I thought, in this postseason. Look, he's never going to be a lockdown defender. But I thought he showed some areas of improvement there. His ability to get to the basket is unmatched. I, I think he is as good on a floater runner in the NBA as anybody. I mean, Kyrie's probably the best finisher among small guards. But man, Maxi can really get there, and that floater is unbelievable. And I'm not trying to tell you he's going to become the next James Harden uh, because that's a very high bar. James Harden's one of the 75 greatest players of all time. He won an MVP, scoring titles, all that. And Maxi has to grow as a facilitator for certain. Right now, he's just really just a scorer when he puts his head down and goes to the basket. He needs to grow in that area. But, you know, I think back to when Harden was the third option with Durant and, and Westbrook. And you didn't, he couldn't grow until he was given the room to blossom, to be the guy that had the ball in his hand more often, the usage rate through the roof. And that was obviously when Maury traded for him and brought up to the Houston Rockets. And again, I'm not saying Maxie's going to be that high level, but I do think, and, and I'm interested to see Maxie with you know more opportunity. And let's just play it out. Let's say the Sixers did detonate this thing. They trade away Joel Embiid. They, they let James Harden walk. Well, Maxie and whatever they end up putting around him would be the the guy. I mean, it would be his offense. He'd be allowed to shine. I would not be surprised at all if Tyrese Maxey averaged in the you know upper 20s per game. Um, would it shock anybody? I mean, like, is it completely out of the realm of possibility that on a, a, a rebuilding team with a lot of young players that he has a Shea Gilligas Alexander type of year where he averages 29 points a game. I, I I wouldn't be floored. I mean, he I think he's capable of that. He shot well over 40% from three-point range for the last two seasons. He's become one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. You put the ball in Tyrese Maxey's hand more as the lead guy. I'm not telling you that will lead to a championship. They need to put a lot more around just this kid. But I do think it'd be interesting to watch. And I do think we'd see how far he could grow. So I'm, I, that is a kind of a subplot to this that I am interested in. In, in you know, letting Maxi rise with a chance to rise because he never really had that. And the other reason, this is a key one, and I, I don't want this to be lost because, you know, there's going to be pushback and people are like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to lose. I you know, I, I don't want to say goodbye to relevant basketball. Well, if you look at the Sixers and, and what they have in commitments right now, this is probably the perfect time. Because they're at a weird crossroads where they could recommit to all this stuff going on or or they could start over and have very little on the books, which would give them a chance in, let's say, a year to dive headfirst in a free agency and also have all these draft picks to maybe trade for a player that's about to get signed so they could use the money there. So just but here's the Sixers and what they have right now. Um, George Niang, Jalen McDaniels, Shake Milton. Those three are un, uh, unrestricted free agents, okay? They're, just let them walk. You know, I, I have I have no... McDaniels was a nothing to me when he came over. Uh, Niang, I mean, seriously. that When he grabbed the leg of Jalen Brown there, uh, that was officially done with George Niang. And, uh, and Shake Milton, you know, I think we've seen enough. Okay, so that's that. Player options for next year. Montrose Harrell, 2.7 million, whatever. It's one year. Daniel House, same thing, one year. So they want to come back, that's on them. Cool. If they don't, whatever. 
James Harden, uh, obviously he controls a lot of this, but let's let's assume he opts out and six or say goodbye under my scenario. Okay, so they've moved off of six players right there, or potentially six players. Here are their future contracts. Joel, four years, 210. That's the big one. That's how they, they rebuild this thing. Tobias, one year, 39. I think Tobias Harris could play it out one year, um, you know, as a high usage player next to Maxi. It's just a kind of a rebuild year. Or they could trade him because he's an expiring contract. So there you go. P.J. Tucker, two, two years, 210. 22.5 million. Okay, that let's let that play out. Melton one year eight, Maxi one year four point three. I think they'll give Maxi an extension. They could look into a Melton extension. I'm not sure how much that would cost. I mean, if it's around 12 million per year, um, I'd have some interest. If it goes to 15, 16, 17, I, I'd probably balk at that. But you could play it out for one year and see how he plays. Probably with more usage as well. He's a young player, a, a former Mori draft pick. So. There's not much on the books moving forward. I mean, really, other than P.J. Tucker for two years and Bede for four, there's nothing here. I mean, this is the perfect time to take the sledgehammer because you can get out from all the dead wood. You can get a bunch of draft picks. You give the high usage to Maxi. You have a ton of cap room in a couple years. Like, this is the chance. You know, if the Sixers go the other way, which I'm sure a lot of people in Philadelphia, as they calm down, are going to want them to do. You know what? Calm down, run it back, change the coach, tweak this, tweak that. If they do that, well, there will be a moment in two years from now where you might look up and say, oh no, now I realize they can't win. We're stuck with Harden with two more years of a, of a four-year max. We're, you know, Embiid's value has sunk to where it, it, we're not going to get anything significant for him in his 30s with two years at 50-plus million per year left on his contract. We have overpaid Melton. You know what? You know we're, we're you know we had all this situation, and we have no draft picks because that's a big part of this too. The Sixers, as they are right now, are their draft pick capital after all the trades they've made, especially the Harden Simmons trade, is pretty depleted. So, you know, turning this over on the fly would be the most ideal thing. Keep trying, add players, find another Maxi in the draft, and in two, you know, four, three, four years, if if it really doesn't work out. Then you have the next wave ready to go into their prime and lead the team. That's the perfect ideal scenario. It's also very hard to do and nearly impossible to pull off with the Sixers' assets the way they are right now. They don't have the pick capital to to probably pull that off. So this is going to have to be an extreme one or the other. They're going to have to double down on this team and pray they get this right and Embiid can lead them to a championship or they're going to have to hit the sledgehammer to this thing and detonate it. Or I guess that's dynamite. Whatever it is. I'm ready to detonate it. I'm ready to blow it up. I don't believe that the Sixers will ever win a title led by Joel Embiid. And I've made that clear. So with that being said, it's time to move on. It's time to change it. Goodbye to James Harden. And as far as Doc goes and the coach thing, I mean, whatever. I mean, if Doc Rose wants to come coach some kids for two years, he can. Um, but if he wants to go home and go play golf, that, that's cool too. That that he, He's the least important part of this whole thing. I'm blowing it up. That's my plan. I think it's time for the Sixers to, in essence restart the process at the time where they could get the most back to do it maybe right this time. Thanks so much for listening. Back tomorrow, another episode of WIP Daily. Follow, subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts. Of course, on the Odyssey app, and we'll be doing the video podcasts uh, on the 94 WIP YouTube page. Check those out as well. We'll talk tomorrow right here on WIP Daily.